0: Welcome into the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we are talking about what is wrong with the Warriors. Lucky enough to have data scientist Saurabh Rane on the show. Uh, Saurabh, how are you doing today?
1: Uh, doing well, doing well. How about yourself?
0: Doing uh, pretty good. We were talking before the show, just got back for uh, a Trader Joe's uh, trip. They had the the little chocolate gold coins. Have you ever had those before?
1: You know, I always see them, but I don't get them. I'm a big... My Taylor Jones. purchase, she's like the hot sauce.
0: (laughs) I'm a big believer in how you shape food really matters. And I feel like a a coin is the perfect size, kind of perfect, kind of breaking point for chocolate. So I'm pretty excited about that. But uh, let's talk about the Warriors. Uh, So the Warriors have had... I would say a disappointing season. I think that's fair to say. Right now, their record as of recording is thirteen and twelve. Um, they've been better of late. They're seven and three over their last ten. But kind of just give us a, kind of a quick catch up on on their season so far.
1: Yeah. So I think, like you said, it's been it's been a pretty mixed bag, right? I think it's below expectations. At least my personal expectations going in. They're coming in as a title favorite, and then you know about a little over a quarter of way through the season to be. I think what they're 10th right now in the league, they're clearly not, or 10th in the West, so they're not really near that upper echelon. Um, though they've been turned and around, turned it around lately, though I guess not last night. Um, yesterday was the Indiana Warriors game where they they lost and Nemhard had a fantastic outing, but um, I think they've turned it around. The early season struggles were real, uh, but I think they may not be as representative of the team going forward than maybe these like, last 15 games where they've looked a lot better.
0: So I guess for me, as someone on the outside, the thing that is the most concerning is that, you know, so this happens with with teams that win championships in all sports where, you know, it's it's hard to repeat. It's hard to maybe come out the, the next year kind of rolling early. Um, sometimes your stars struggle. Sometimes you know, there's, there's all different reasons for why these things happen. And, you know, sometimes they right the ship. Sometimes they don't. But for me, that Steph Curry is playing, absolutely out of his mind i think he's number one in epm right now um that for me is the scariest thing because it's like steph can't be playing any better i don't think (laughs) and if he is at this dominant of a level and the team is still um having this much trouble um that for me
1: would is is kind of a scary sign yeah i think that's fair i mean we saw a similar thing in what the 20 20 to 21 season where Steph is having a fantastic I mean, level year really similar to this year but the team just wasn't doing that well um, I think it helps to kind of like look at the season or at least I compartmentalize the season to like two parts there's um, well unfortunately using Wiseman's name here but what's it call Like the pre-Wiseman era or like the when Wiseman's playing versus Wiseman wasn't playing um, the first I think 11 games of the season is like when they were really struggling went uh, 4 and 7 uh, including that 0 and 6 or 5 road trip uh, their road trip kind of concluded with uh, Wiseman being sent to the G League, but that also coincided with a couple other things, I think, kind of getting better. Uh, one of them was to start the season, like Clay and Dre were on minutes restrictions. So I think like Clay they were like 20, 25 minutes a game. So we were getting a lot more bench time. Um, Kerr was putting on a lot of like five-man bench lineups. Uh, so it's kind of the thing where like the Warriors are struggling. Steph's playing super well. But the starters have been playing well the entire season. The main issue has been kind of like the bench. Um, and some of that stuff has been kind of righted since the end of that road trip uh, where we saw Dante DiVincenzo get healthy, Clay and Dre off their minutes restrictions, and then Wiseman um, kind of out of the rotation.
0: Yeah. So a couple guys, guys – because I feel like the story of this really is the bench because last year they had – they brought in Otto Porter Jr. and I feel like he played so well. He gave them really good roster flexibility, was really good at rebounding at the four, could shoot some – you know, just kind of versatility all around. And then they picked up Gary Payton the second who ended up turning in at our site. He was on our all defensive teams. Uh, so there was just incredible value out of those two slots. And this year it's been a lot of Kaminga. It was a lot of Wiseman. I know DiVincenzo had been injured a few years back and hasn't hasn't fully regained that form from when he was on the Bucks because I actually did like him back then, but uh, obviously had an injury since then. Uh, kind of talk about more this bench unit, where it was, where it's going, and kind of like you, what you see as
1: like maybe the most optimal uh, usage of them. Yeah. Um, so I think we've, Courage has changed a little bit of how he's like using the bench unit. You've seen him like experiment a lot more. His most recent change has been Uh, bring Draymond in to start the second quarter to kind of help buoy uh, the second unit and like bring some playmaking which kind of brings to the other point we used to see Steph play with the bench a lot more Uh, to start the year we weren't really seeing uh, much of that at all Uh, I think in past years uh, like last year Steph spent about like 15 percent of his time on the court as a lone starter with four bench guys right so Steph was able to kind of like really buoy these bench players this year that's down to like around eight percent um so we're seeing a pretty significant decline in, like, using, intermixing our starters with the bench to kind of elevate those units. Um, so the bench has been kind of left out there to sink or swim, and unfortunately, they've kind of sunk. Uh, other things, I think you brought up Kuminga. Um, there's been a change, I think, in how Kuminga was used in the start of the year versus the more recently. Um, Kuminga wasn't getting a ton of minutes to start the year. Uh, they were kind of opting to use Wiseman as you know, kind of room runner. Uh, to start the year in the first, like, 11-ish games. Uh, and Kumingo was, like, relegated to doing a lot of TNPs. And when he was in, he was primarily playing in, like, double big lineups um, as, as a small forward. Uh, recently, as Wiseman kind of been out of the rotation, Kumingo found himself back in it. And he's playing a lot more with single big lineups. And he's kind of thrived a lot more in a spacier role at, at the four than versus at the three where he was earlier.
0: What do you see as uh, like, let's just say like forecasting going forward, like what do you see Kaminga, we'll call it kind of like a best case scenario. Like what do you see him becoming and uh, just sort of like, I don't know, maybe the role, maybe some of like the impact, maybe just like total output box score wise, however you want to go with it. But like, what do you see him ultimately
1: becoming if things do bounce the right way for him? Yeah, that's tough. I'm not really that great at a prospect evaluation and like kind of like prospect projection. But I kind of always saw like Aaron Gordon's the role Aaron Gordon takes on seems like a really kind of really similar role to him. Um, or like one that I think he could take on. Uh I think the biggest limiting factor to like the superstar that Kaminga has is his handle. Uh is he has trouble, I think, beating folks off off the bounds. And then even as he drives, he has trouble Making those passing reads, and I think a lot of that is due to his like lack of handle. He's just not that comfortable to both like dribble drive and like purview view like view the floor all at once. Um, that being said, he's really great at finding cutting lanes. Um, like one thing that he's been really good at start the year is uh, c- cutting out of the weak corner, like baseline, and then he'll just kind of step right into the dunker spot. Usually, his man will be playing off him in the in the corner because he just doesn't shoot that one from three. And he's like right around thirty percent, maybe even below 30% thirty percent from three. So his defenders usually playing off him. And he's using that to his advantage and just finding these cutting windows and as resulting in a lot of like a rim running rim runs, a lot of dunks, a lot of cuts, um really high opportunity shots.
0: Yeah, I think he's one of those guys that uh, I've been kind of interested in out of the group. I think I was looking up last year. He had a really high foul draw rate on drive. So that was kind of something that intrigued me. Uh, let's move over to Jordan Poole. Obviously, he has been in the news a lot. Um, obviously signed the big contract in the offseason, the extension, got punched by Draymond Green, um, got off to a slow start this year, has not shot the ball uh, well from three. He's at 33% on seven attempts, which is kind of tough. Uh, what have you seen out of Jordan and... Uh, it looks like I know he had a big game the other night. Uh, kind of, what's your feel on him?
1: Yeah, I mean, the punch is the biggest story going into the year. Uh, it Doesn't seem I don't believe that it's affected him, but I, I mean, obviously, don't know the intricacies of how the team's working. But yeah, he's he's definitely been been stronger throughout the year, and I think Paul has spoken a lot about that himself. Like he recently said, like I'm getting the same coverage as Steph out there when I'm out there without Steph. He's saying that he's getting the same coverage, and I think that like largely holds true especially that he's seeing the port a lot let, a lot more without kind of the support of starters. Um, to kind of look at some of the data from last year, like last year he spent about 65, 65% of his time with like three or more starters with the port with him, right? So you had guys like Andrew Wigan, Straymon, Steph, Looney, whoever's out there, kind of like the Gnosis system is able to help him generate looks and whatever that might be. This year, that's down to 46%, um, which is a pretty significant downturn, right? He's not really getting a ton of time with other, with other starters so he's been asked to carry the bench unit as a primary initiator a lot of the time versus i think um last year he had a lot of other starters on the floor with him and he's able to attack tilted defenses where he's really where, where he really thrives
0: you know i don't think i've ever told this story on the podcast before but i i believe that i've only been punched in the face one time in my life and it was by my friend um we were playing basketball things got we weren't that old we were probably in maybe we were eighth grade and uh i was i was a lot bigger than him and so i don't know we got into it in basketball and he's like started chasing me around so i grabbed him had him like a bear hug so he couldn't do anything and he was like he seemed like he had calmed down and then i let him go and he just rears back and just cracks me right in the jaw right and it's like one of those things where like like full on totally got me and it was one of those things where I was like I was so surprised and then just instinctively I just went to like bite down after and it hurt so much because like my jaw was like I think a little out of alignment and it took like it was like a couple days where like it didn't feel normal again that being said we were cool after right he cracks me in the jaw I turn my head I look back at him because he was like my best friend and I was like are we done and he was just like yeah and we never talked about it again. We ended up being cool. So I think that, you know, everything that's going on with Jordan this year, I think it can be moved past. I think that's really the, 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 the point of the story. Um, you know, like I said, had that huge game the other night. Um, but... I can't stop thinking about that that punching story because it's just so crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a, it. it's like low. It's like low in the off season, and the video came out, so everyone's talking about the video. I think the video really kind of blew it out of uh, not blew it out of proportion. It was like obviously very serious, but uh, yeah, that definitely <laughs> the video made it go viral.
0: <laughs> um, all right, so we you know we've talked a lot about the different players. We talked about kind of the beginning, kind of where the team is at, how it's gone there. So like, what do you? What do you view as, like, ultimately the solutions that will right the ship? Well, actually, hold on. Before we get to that, like, do you think the Warriors... What do you think the Warriors'
1: ceiling this year is? I think the, the ceiling could very well indeed be a championship, right? They, they have the talent, at least on paper, right? Like, you're returning a lot of the same core from last year, so there's no reason to think um, that the, the goal shouldn't be a championship. I do think that the floor feels a lot lower than last year just because the bench isn't as solid. And there's not as many bets, uh, but the ceiling is, and I think should still be a championship.
0: All right. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. I think that's understandable. So what is the remedy? Like what is the biggest change that you think moving forward is going to fix these problems? That's going to lead to this team, continuing to play well, going on a run, hopefully being, you know, top four C then,
1: you know, going to
0: the playoffs, rolling from
1: there. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it just—it really comes down to the bench, right? The starters have been good. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe there's some more growth for them, but like Draymond, Clay, Steph—they're all much older, right? Like, how much we you can't—you can't expect them to reasonably play better. I mean, Draymond had a fantastic defensive year last year; is still having a great year this year, but it's a bit down, I think, uh, per like EPM and everything. Um, that it's still good, just not all—it's maybe all defense on defensive player of the year. So I think the biggest thing is how do we right the ship with the bench, right? Um, and I think that just means one of the young guys kind of has to pop, right? You want to, you want, you need one of Moody, Kaminga, um, and probably some of the free agent signings like uh, DiVincenzo or Jermichael Green to really become quality rotation players, just like GP and um, Otto were last year. Um, the kind of more nuclear is like the more like other route that I think folks talk about is a trade. Uh, but that being said. Myers, like the GM, hasn't really looked... Hasn't done any mid-season trades since he became a GM. The main mid-season trades were a salary dump um, of Wanamaker in 2021 and the Wiggins trade the year before on what was essentially a lost season.
0: Yeah, that was, you know, my next question about a trade. I've been kind of... You know, because we all like to do this. We like to sit yeah. back in our chair. We like to just think like, well, one, you got to get in the trade machine, right? You got to see like what the salary is, like what are... Po- okay, this is the craziest thing to me, right? So like, obviously... Working at Basketball Index, most people around me talk to me about basketball because they know it's something I'm interested in, right? I'm sure the same thing happens to you. Um, The amount of people that don't know about like, I mean, I don't even know all the rules because it is so complicated, but I do know generally the salaries have to somewhat match up. Um, and the amount of crazy trade ideas people give me where the salaries just make <laughs> zero sense. But I'm like, and sometimes I'm like, is this worth explaining to this person like the the intricacies of like the, the weird trade rules in the NBA? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's I've all that talk during like Ben Simmons. It's like, oh Ben, you can't trade Andrew Wiggins to the Nets because both Simmons and Wiggins are on rookie maxes, so like they can't be on the same team or whatever. It's like that's just something that's like, not even worth getting into. Like, <laughs> just scroll past it on the timeline and and move on. <laughs>
0: um All right, so I know you did a lot of, uh, you uh, you do a lot of research. Obviously, you're a data scientist. Um, Have there have there been some things this year that you've kind of just hit on with this team that you think are maybe interesting stats, interesting facts that just kind of? Sometimes I do this a lot, like prepping for podcasts, where there isn't always. the best, pl- or I don't know how to form a conversation around like these four interesting things I found, but I do think just like in a vacuum, they are interesting. Uh, is there anything like that that's kind of come up that uh, you kind of want to share?
1: Yeah, I'll be happy to. Um, do you want to hear more about Clay or more about Steph? I love Clay, so more about Clay. All right, well, we'll go with Clay then. Um, so I think the story early on was just Clay's pretty pretty horrendous start. Um, let me see. I have these numbers um, somewhere, right? Uh, so, yeah, he started the season uh, pretty badly from three. Uh, and I got these numbers from uh, a, one of the Warriors Twitter guys. Clay Theist, Charlie Cummings There's a lot of great work at Switch. If you guys want to check them out, but they're pretty interesting. Like he did a lot of hand tracking of like where these shots are coming from, how much where, where is Clay missing these and like on some pretty cool stuff. One was like through November 15th. Um, a lot of his misses, uh, 50% of his misses were front rim misses, right? Uh, which is pretty interesting. That kind of like suggested to me that a lot of what we're hearing around Clay's conditioning to start the season was true, right? He was still playing himself in the shape, didn't play pickup over the offseason. And it looks like kind of materialized like if half his misses are front rim misses, that to me at least indicates some level of, I guess, fitness or tired legs. And that's been fixed, right? I think he's up to over 40% from three um, and shooting a lot better now than he was to start the season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The slow start was tough, but do you remember when Charles Barkley criticized him and then he had that press conference where he was like talking about, he's like, yeah, no, duh, I'm not the same since my injury. Uh, I thought that was one of the most, like the athletes just don't talk like that. Like that was like so honest. And also it was sort of, it was like a weird mix of like, there was definitely an elephant in the room where like, we all know that Clay isn't what he was, right? Obviously, his leg exploded twice. It's yeah. crazy that he's still an above-average NBA player. Um, that I feel like that actually doesn't get talked about enough. But, like, there's an element of, like, players kind of being in their bubble. And then also, you have to have a certain level of confidence to protect yourself, right, from all the criticism. And, like, it was very interesting to be like, oh, so you know, too. Because a lot of the times with players, it's very unclear where it's like, we all know, but do you know?
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, exactly. And even if they know, like, are they willing to voice that like concern out loud to the media and like make themselves known like that? Which is yeah, that—that's a really cool and interesting insight to Clay's Clay's thought process. Though that being said, it doesn't seem like he's really show, slowed down his approach. He's still shooting as much as he always has, so
0: <laughs> he's not afraid to let it fly.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, the other kind of interesting is like slow starts are actually pretty like nothing new for Clay. I like looked back at some of the data and like he started the 2018-19 season three of 25. So the last two healthy seasons or last two, like so last season and then the couple of seasons before that, he started three of 25 and four of 25. Like he hasn't, the last two t- seasons he's played, he hasn't started the season hot either and he finished both of those seasons about 40%. So maybe slow starts are just kind of a thing for him. Um, and it's what we expect kind of going forward.
0: Do you know who uh, Mark Teixeira was? He was a baseball player on the Rangers and then the Yankees.
1: Uh, I've heard his name, but I'm, a, I'm not a, a terribly big baseball guy. off the edge. He can be a little.
0: So he's just like a classic, like big slugger first baseman where like you see him and it's like one of those things he kind of a cartoon character where you're like, how are you so big? You're like built like a like you're from the Flintstones type thing. And he's a really good player, like 30 home runs, like really pretty consistent guy. But in April the guy couldn't hit like his weight right he couldn't even hit like over 200 it was insane but then after that every year at the end of the year he'd have like 30 bombs like 100 rbis yeah, yeah. and everything would kind of just be where it needed to be and uh i wonder if clay is like the mark texera of uh, basketball <laughs> that's funny people yeah, were like they like... got to the point where like well they should, should they just sit him all of april but i'm like well and then other people were, like well is it part of
1: the process and it was always a fun yeah. conversation yeah <laughs> So just like take the under on his hits all of that month, and then just over for the rest of the year, and you're good to go. Maybe that's a <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, 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 uh, yeah. All right, so we're we're about twenty minutes. So before we get out of here, any other any other more nuggets you want to get out there?
1: Yeah. Um, what's that called? There's one I'd like to talk about, which is uh, Steph Curry at the rim. Like I think we've talked about how he is having a fantastic year, scoring the ball, and it's like pretty in line with. It's not as the volume and like relative true shooting isn't as great as maybe like the 2016 MVP year, but it's just in line with the 2021 20, year, um, a couple of years ago when he was playing fantastic. And the thing that really shocked me when I was looking at the data is like his rim scoring, is rim and paint scoring is pretty insane. He's shooting 75% at the rim. His previous high at the rim was 69%. Um, he's shooting 55% or 56% in the paint outside the restricted area. Um, so that's like three percent higher than his previous career high. So just overall he's just been crushing at the rim. Um, like obviously it's not the same volume as a guy like Giannis, but his percentage in the paint is actually higher than Giannis is right now.
0: <laughs> that's crazy. Um, how what do you think is leading to a
1: 34-year-old having a career high at the rim? No, I it's it's hard for me to say. Like it's he's not as fast as he was in twenty sixteen season. And like he's definitely stronger. So maybe it's the strength thing, maybe it's as he's gotten um, what's that called, gotten older. He's like his touch has gotten better. He has like a lot more, I think, better feel or whatever it is. But he's just scoring a lights out the rim. I don't really have a good sense of one thing to point at. So why it's been so great.
0: All right. Well, I feel like uh this is a pretty good uh, kind of catch up and and wrap on on what's what's been wrong with the Warriors, what going forward is gonna help, you know, fix what's what's kind of ailing the team uh so yeah thanks for uh Saurabh thanks for coming on and and uh what's your twitter what do you got to plug
1: yeah uh well this is a ton of fun uh you can find me on twitter at Sorub on tab, so first name on tab. um I don't have anything to plug right now but maybe just check out basketball index like I get a lot of these cool stats and cool approaches from them um so that's what I've got to plug nothing nothing for myself
0: (laughs) I'm also a fan of basketball index
1: yeah i think we we all are
0: (laughs) all right well uh my name is taylor uh that's gonna wrap it up for what's wrong with the warriors and we'll see you on the next episode of the basketball index podcast